What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Heroes for Sale podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host. Just as, as usual, you can look for me on Instagram, Heroes for Sale. Uh, all of the links are in my bio on that uh, on that page, so you can check me out if you're looking to watch me stream some Fortnite and catch, uh, catch some L's. Um, if you're looking to follow me on TikTok, I'm definitely on there. Uh, for sure, I am for sure on TikTok. I'll tell you that. Um, also, you'll be able to find some merch. I mean, there's just a ton of stuff there. If you go through, I think there's nine links where you can just find everything. If you are looking for the iTunes, um, if you're listening to this, you've obviously found the podcast, so you don't need that link. But those, those are all there. I don't know. Do do what you like there. Uh, so on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my favorite uh, baseball products to invest slash collect. Um, I mean, I always I do think that investing and collecting are fairly different. I mean, like, I was on Instagram Live the other day, and someone had asked me about PSA 9s, and I think, um, so, and then someone else in the chat, I forget exactly who said it in the chat, I think it was either, it was either Cardboard Commissions or Graded Society, um, I think one of them said that you, the, uh, PSA 10s are for investors and PSA 9s are for collectors. Uh, the thing is, I think that's that's a very accurate take, and I think that's a very accurate way of describing what type of cards to buy if you're an investor or a collector. I also think if you're an investor, you probably you're either buying the PSA 10 or you're buying the raw version of the card, to be honest, because that's just, I mean, that's what I do, I guess, and what I do doesn't exactly, um, doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't. I'm not saying what you should do. I'm just saying what I do. I I don't. I don't usually buy PSA nines. But if I were, it wouldn't probably be a modern card. Uh, just because the way that, like modern cards themselves have gotten much better, production wise. So what you're not going to see cards coming. If you see a card that's coming back as an eight and it's a, it's from 2000, probably like 2000. 12 and above and it's coming back in eight that card has some real flaws because if you look at like a card for example like the luca psa 10 or luca pop report um and i know this is basketball and i said i was going to get into baseball but i'm just using this as an example uh the luca psa 10s it gem the gem rate is like 80 percent. so 80 percent of the luca cards that are getting sent in are getting 10s so it's just an example um and i guess that that point is more towards if you're a collector slash investor, um, and this is if you're a rookie card. I, like some people ask me on TikTok, uh, what are the cards you should invest in? Like, what are the best cards to look for? And I always just say rookie cards because I think rookie cards hold they hold value better than any other card. I mean, other than maybe like an autograph or a um, or a. I, mean, a patch, I would say even a rookie card probably holds more value than a patch card. Just for an example, like. A lot of the patches that you can get out of um, Prism, for the most part, a lot of the patches you can get out of Prism, they go for less than like the regular base card, um, and it kind of de- it depends on the player. Like obviously, if you're pulling a Zion, like that's probably in the same ballpark. But like for the most part, most patches are just not going to be that much. They're not going to have as much value. Obviously, autographs obviously hold more value. That's I mean, that's I think that goes without saying. But um, so rookie cards are the cards you're going to look for. And for baseball, I think in my opinion, there are three main rookie cards that, to get um, 
And I'm not, so I'm going to just start off right away. And I'm not including Bowman on this list because I think Bowman is, it is a rookie card per se. Like it is a card that people would consider a rookie card because it's the first card of a player in their pro uniform. But it it doesn't have the rookie card logo. And I guess I, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly going off of what cards that I like buying. Um, and Bowman... Bowman first Bowmans, because you'll see why I'm making that distinction as for my third favorite, my third favorite product. But so for the, for just right off the bat, basically, Bowman first Bowmans are not one of the products that I'm going to be including. And I think it is a product that you could include if you are buying, like, I think that's probably the most expensive and probably one of the best rookie cards. It's, it's more of a pre-rookie card, but people consider it a rookie card, I suppose. But, like, it's one of the best cards you can buy if you're a collector of a player in general. But I'll start off with my favorite... Actually, no, I'll start off with my third. The, my third favorite rookie card product to collect. And it goes to what I was just saying, actually. So, first Bowman, I don't really like. But the Bowman rookie card, I do like. Now... I am basing this off of a few things. So one of the things is like I look at the Mike Trout but Bowman rookie, Bowman Chrome rookie, and it's about half of the value, the PSA 10, uh, of the the Topps update from 2011. So I'm not talking about the 2009 Mike Trout card. I'm talking about the 2011 Bowman Chrome rookie. So I look at that card, and I think it has the brand equity in Bowman. Um, it's a Chrome card, and it's also a rookie card, and that's those are a couple of the criteria I look at when I'm buying when I'm buying cards and stuff that I like, um, and stuff that I would consider something to look into if you are wanting to buy these cards. Like, for example, the but also there, so sorry, I'm gonna get into the example, but here's the one here's the one thing that you need to make sure that you're doing. Uh, most of the time, if you're buying Bowman Chrome rookies, they are coming out of Bowman Chrome, the product that comes out in September, I believe. Not Bowman, regular Bowman, because the regular Bowman comes out in April, and that has prospects who eventually become rookies. But the thing that ends up happening with those cards specifically is they don't have the they don't have the Bowman they don't have they don't have the rookie card logo on them. So, like for example. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Pete Alonso, Fernando Tatis, they all have um, Bowman cards in regular Bowman baseball. They also have Bowman Chrome cards, but they're on the prospect checklist. So those cards are coming out in the same year as the cards that I like, but they don't have the rookie card logo. So that's not the card to buy. The card to buy is the one that's coming out of Bowman Chrome, which comes out later on in the year. And those ones, they are on a different checklist. They're not on the prospect checklist anymore. They're on the regular checklist because you will still find prospects coming off of Bowman Chrome. Um, They do still have that prospect checklist. So, And I think it's also another little... um, it's another nuance that I think is sometimes can be tough for new collectors. They don't understand uh, why certain things are the way that they are. Because another thing that's coming out of Bowman Chrome that I think is good to look at, uh, and also Bowman Draft is another is another oh, is another uh, nuance that you need to make sure that you're looking at is um, another nuance that you need to make sure that you're looking at is that uh, like for example, Wander Franco is on the prospect checklist in Bowman Baseball. And I, so I think it's it's either 
Bowman Chrome or it's Bowman Draft. But the thing is, the the second card that he's in doesn't have the first Bowman logo. So he has two Bowman Chrome cards from 2019. It's just that one of the cards themselves doesn't have the first Bowman. So if you're looking for it, uh, make sure you're buying the one that says first Bowman on it because that's going to be the one that has the most value. So for Wander Franco, for example, that card is coming out of 2019 Bowman Baseball. Same with Joey Bart. Um, same with Luis Rodriguez. I think if he, if I, I don't remember off the top of my head, if, off the top of my head, if he is in some of the later checklist products, but I know for a fact that Wander Franco has two different Bowman Chrome cards. One of them being the Bowman Chrome first Bowman, the other one not having the first Bowman logo. So it's kind of similar when you look at it with rookie cards coming out of Bowman. So Bowman Chrome rookies, you have. The, and it's almost in the opposite it's in the opposite order, actually. So you have like Vladimir Guerrero and Pete Alonso and Fernando Tatis. They have prospect cards without any type of first Bowman or rookie card logo coming out of Bowman Baseball. But then in Bowman Chrome, they have rookies that I think are good rookies to look into if you're looking for a, a Chrome version of a rookie card that maybe you want to buy. So then the second the second product. Now, there, the thing with baseball, and you know, it's the thing with a lot of sports nowadays. You'll see cards and you'll see products throughout the year, and all of them will have the or most of them will have the rookie card logo, or most of them will have some sort of logo that uh, distinguishes that it is a rookie card. So, the reason I'm choosing this product is because it has a base design, and granted, the base design of the 20. So, it's, I mean, I'll just say it, it's, it's Topps Heritage. So most of the time, Topps Heritage. So this year, the first release of Topps Heritage is going to be really good because it's going to have all the rookies that are going to be in Series 1. Last year, it was not as good, the first release. So that's why the release that you want to look at. And these are the nuances that I think sometimes can get lost with new collectors, and that's why I kind of wanted to break down these products a little bit more. Um, the product to look into if you're buying Heritage from this year is Heritage High Number, which is basically Heritage Update if you're kind of comparing it to the flagship set. So Heritage Update, essentially, is a is a version of the product that comes out later in the year, and it has a new checklist, and it has basically all the rookies on it. So unlike Topps Flagship that has three releases, Topps Heritage only has two releases throughout the year. So it has regular Heritage, and then it has Heritage High Number. And Heritage High Number is the one that you're going to be looking at. So if you're looking at... I'm using all those examples of this year's rookies. So like Wander Franco... No, no, sorry. Um, Pete Alonso. Um, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Or um, Fernando Tatis. They're all coming out of that Heritage High Number product where... Um, I don't really know if there were any good... Like, I think Kyle Tucker might have been in the first release of Heritage that came out earlier on last year. But then even when you look at, like, players like... Um, like... Uh, Juan Soto. Or you're looking at a player like... Or Ronald Acuna. His cards are also coming out of that tops, her, that tops high number set rather than the regular Heritage. And I don't, I haven't really looked into second year cards yet, and if like second year cards have have any value, but they might. Um, I'm just not 100% sure there. But so the Heritage is the reason I like that card is because it is 
it's a base card um, that has like you can also another thing I like about Heritage is that it has the it has a thing called the uh, a photo variation a short print and action short print so that's just I mean it's exactly what it sounds like it's just a card that's short printed that has them uh, doing like has them in the field or like batting or something rather than the regular heritage which just has a picture of them uh, either standing uh, during spring training that's usually when they take most of the pictures for these for these cards and the other reason I like it is because it has a base design so what heritage does is it's going back in time actually and it is using a an exact old design so I think last year was 1970. So this year they're using 1971's design of tops like the regular series. So that's one reason why I like it because it's a regular base design that you kind of you do know what the design is going to look like. It's not like a regular tops where the design is going to be new every year or one of the other products that comes out through the year where it's like a new design that we've never seen before. Um, and I guess that's one of the reasons why I like it. I just think also it's sort of not plain, I guess in a sense, but it like if you look at a product like um, let's see, like either Gypsy Queen or uh, Allen and Ginter. It has like not. It, it doesn't have a. It has a unconventional design to it, and like I said, that's one reason I think Heritage kind of. I like Heritage over any of those other ones. Uh, like Tops Finest, I think is another one that kind of has that um, unconventional chrome type of design. So yeah, that's that's one reason. Those are not one reason. Those are all the reasons why if you are. If you're looking into another baseball product to buy, I would say look into Heritage. Now, the number one product that I think, if you've followed me in the past, you probably know what product I'm going to be talking about here. I'm going to be talking about Topps Flagship. Now, here is one of the things that I wish Topps did a better job at was determining which rookie card coming out of the flagship set is is the official rookie card. Because... You look at uh, what Upper Deck does, and they do. I think they do a good job uh, with the fact that they are able to. They they do the thing called the Young Guns, which basically they are saying this is the essentially this is the rookie card coming out of like the flagship set in uh, like Series One and Series Two. Like I know, um, I know they have like Opeachy, and that's like a type of that's a type of uh, product that upper deck has that's like another it's similar to Topps Heritage um, because it's like a base product that has like a kind of an older type of design uh, but the flagship now I wish flagship had a better system that like I said would determine which one is like the rookie card like the the actual official one because like it's there when a player has a card in series one, for example, Bo Bichette and Jordan Alvarez are going to have a card in series one this year. What then makes it then devalues their cards kind of throughout the year and the other sets in a way. Um, like in 2018, no, 2019, um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was short printed. Um, which means obviously they just they didn't print as much because I think he got called up later on in the year, so they wanted to get him into that product, um, but they didn't want to flood. It's not that they didn't want to flood the market, but they didn't. They wanted to figure out a way to make his card a little bit more exclusive, I guess. 
Um, but it's not as short-printed as Ronald Acuna's card was in 2018, because Ronald Acuna's card in 2018 is, like, almost impossible, and if you're looking for that card in a PSA 10, you're basically, you're basically spending the same amount that you would a Mike Trout card. Uh, in that, like, 1,200 to 1,300, maybe in around 1,000 range. And, but with Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s card, it came out of the product more than Ronald Acuna's did, and that's one reason why you'll see that the Acuna is more expensive than the Vladimir Guerrero, even though they're both considered short prints. Tops doesn't, uh, they don't exactly say what the short it's not like they're serial numbered like so they don't say exactly how many were actually short printed but then vladimir guerrero also had a card in tops update so the weird thing with this year's vladimir guerrero card was that it had no number from series two so it was on the checklist i think as card 701 but when you got the card graded and when you got the card it didn't have a number on it so like, it makes it weird that it's, like, it's technically part of that checklist, but it's also technically not part of the checklist. Because then, in Top's update, that's when you see the first official Vladimir Guerrero card on the checklist itself. Now, what they'll usually do, and I think, and I don't know if it's official that they do this or not, but they will they will pick and choose kind of who they're putting into what product. Um... I have seen that they, and I know you've probably heard this in the past, me talk about in Series 1, actually. I had the Series 1 podcast I had a couple weeks ago, um, or maybe a week ago. I don't remember exactly when I released it, but I was talking about that they had a, an exact deadline of when players made their debuts. Um, and I don't know if it's like that every year. So, And that's not exactly... Um, that's more of a deadline that I've seen in... Tops update versus coming out the next year, which Tops update, the way that it works, and I probably should have explained this at the beginning, is that there's three releases of Tops flagship. There's Series 1, Series 2, and Tops update. Series 1 is scheduled to come out uh, February 4th, I think, of this year. And then I think Series 2 comes out in June, I believe. And then update comes out in October. Now, there's cards that are coming out of these products that are all like the first rookies essentially are the cards you want to look into if you're looking to buy these players like one thing that I was looking into was um, Shoei Otani's card like I last year oh no so 2018 we're in 2018 now we're going back in time it's a flashback uh, like that's a raven uh, we're doing a flashback here so I was getting back into sports cards. It was like October, probably maybe November. Um, I hadn't really, I had been making content, but not like super intensely. So I was still into like buying and uh, purchasing like packs from stores, uh, like singular packs, like going to like Newberry Comics or, uh, it was basically Newberry Comics. And I was buying Topps Update from 2018. And I pulled the Shohei Otani rookie. I'm like, nice, this is awesome. This is the rookie. Like, this is cool. But then I, like, looked up the card, and I saw a bunch of other Shohei Otani rookies from 20, 2018 that weren't the card that I had. And I was like, wait, so, like, is this card? And this is where it can get confusing, and the nuances sort of... Um, the nuances of card collecting can sometimes make things a little bit confusing. Um... I didn't realize that Shohei Otani was in Series 2, and his Series 2 card is technically his first Topps rookie. So, like, that Topps rookie is more valuable than the Update rookie, because it's the first one. And 
they don't make the car. It's a different card. So, like, you look at it and you say, well, why would this one be worth more if it's the same card? Because it's not the same card. And because they use different pictures for each of the, um, each of the releases, essentially. And one thing that I have been doing on TikTok, actually, has I want, I'm starting this series, and it's called $5 Cards. Uh, because when I was making, I made a couple of them like a few months, like a month or two ago, and they seemed like people were pretty interested. And a lot of I get, I'm getting a lot of questions, a lot more questions actually about like what are some cheap cards to buy that are like good, um, like investments. And I mean, I think I think the thing is like with five dollar cards, you really you want to buy you can you want to if you're buying five dollar cards. Here's the thing: if you're buying cards for five dollars, honestly, you want to be buying cards that you like you want to be buying cards that you like and not cards if you're buying if you're buying a card for five dollars the chance of it going up like significantly is a little bit tougher than like if you're spending like 30 40 50 on a card but still like buying five dollar cards like these five dollar cards could eventually be worth 10 20 maybe eventually um but you also don't want to be buying these cards just because they might be a good investment. Like, if you don't like the player, I don't suggest buying the card. But, like, Shohei Otani, essentially, his 2018 Bowman, and I'm probably, maybe I'll make this one that comes out um, the day that the podcast release probably makes a lot of, little bit of sense. Uh, so the Shohei Otani, you can either get the, 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 the card number, so it's card number 700, you can either get the card number 700 for Shohei Otani, you can get his Bowman, so he has a Bowman paper and a Bowman chrome. So the Bowman paper, I believe, is his first official Bowman rookie card, American Bowman rookie card. And it doesn't say first Bowman on it because I think he had a Japanese Bowman, but I'm not 100% sure about that. And and I and so technically it's not his first Bowman, or they just forgot to put the logo on there because they have been known to do that as well. But I don't think that's the case. I just think that maybe... Um, I think that they, they didn't put it on there because it's not technically actually his first Bowman. Uh, so you can get the Bowman paper, and I believe even the Bowman Chrome fell into that $5 card area. So his cards are pretty cheap, and I like the reason I like Shohei Otani, and I've talked about this in the past, is that I think he he's breaking records that were last broken by Babe Ruth. So like that's, I think, important when you're buying sports cards. Like I don't think... And, and maybe this isn't the case, but I think it is a case for maybe looking into the future a little bit, is if you're buying cards, you want to be buying players that other people, that people will want, essentially. And I know that is, sounds obvious, but like, the, like Shoei Otani could be in the news more often than not because he is, um, because he's breaking Babe Ruth's records, essentially, if that, like, he's, he's, going to be in conversations and he's going to be in record books next to people like Babe Ruth. So, and eventually I think if he becomes not a, if he chooses hitting or pitching, you kind of got to hope that he chooses hitting. Um, so Otani has like the heritage rookie. He, I don't think he has a Bowman Chrome specific rookie card, like with a rookie card logo, but, or maybe he does. I'm actually, I know he does have that, but I think that one is, is a little bit more expensive, but uh, like Shohei Otani, his card, and I guess I'm getting into Shohei Otani a little bit here rather than uh, Top's flagship and how it can be confusing. But he, his, um, his Bowman, his 2018 Bowman Superfractor, oops, his 2018 Bowman Superfractor, um, 
auto sold for, I think it was $184,000 like in 2018. So that's, I mean, obviously that's a significant uh, a chunk of change there. Um, so that's another reason why I like Shohei Otani because people are, he also has like a foreign market. Like he has the overseas market pretty, um, uh, pretty on lock. Also, I, the fact that he plays for the Angels, I think makes it, like he is playing in the place that's closest to Japan. Essentially, he's playing in for the team that's closest to that country. So that's another reason why I think uh, I like Shohei Otani. But back to uh, flagship here. So it is um, one of the cheaper versions of a rookie card, which is another reason why I kind of like it. Is because it's easier for people to get into a tops flagship rookie than it would be maybe say a first Bowman rookie. Um, and that's, like, another reason why I do like that card specifically compared to maybe some of the other other cards. The reason it's so cheap also is because they make so much of flagship, like, especially Series 1. So, like, Bo Bichette and Jordan Alvarez this year are probably going to be very cheap. Um, so, like, they make so much of the flagship. Like, if you go to any Target or Walmart and they have any type of sports cards, like, most likely they're going to have... Uh, some sort of flagship, whether it's Series 1, Series 2, or seri- or update whenever it comes out throughout the year. So those are some of the reasons why I think flagship is another good one. Um, and I, I, so I do, I think I want to start a segment as well. Uh, oops, go this way. I think I want to start a segment specifically about those $5 cards. Um, and I think I want to make it, I hope maybe I'll be able to find like a sponsor for it or something and I'll be able to sponsor the segment. I don't know exactly. I don't know if exactly if I'll be able to do that, but um, I think, you know, $5, I think I made car, I made, uh, excuse me, videos about it. It's a good value to kind of look and say, well, I'm new to car- collecting. Where can I start? I think if you have $5, now granted, you you may run into a case where the card might be $5 on auction, but then you have to pay 3 or $4 for shipping, depending on the card. Like, most of the time, people... Most of the time, if someone's selling a $5 card, they will send it either paper mail envelope or... Um, yeah, I mean, that's the case, I would say. Anytime I'm selling a card under $5, or under, under $10, actually, even, for me, is I'll put it in a paper envelope, and I'll send it that way. Like, obviously, they, I'll put it in, like, a top loader, and I'll uh, make sure it's safe, but... If I'm selling a car that's over $10, that's usually what I'm putting in the bubble mailer. Um, so that's a time where you might have to pay a little bit more for shipping if you're buying a car that's like over $10, um, 10 to 12 I mean, but it's all it's all different. There's no specific guidelines for shipping. So you never know exactly what is going to be shipped or what the person's going to be shipped or if you're paying shipping. That's why you'll find cards that you'll find a range of different shipping prices for any specific card. Um, but that's going to be it for the episode today. Uh, I think this should come out on Sunday. I'm recording on Saturday, so it probably should come out on Sunday, I'd think. Um, but that's not really important. You probably, you may, you might not even be listening to this on Sunday, but either way. So that's going to be it for the episode. Uh, go to my Instagram, Heroes for Sale, and check out the link in my bio. That's where you can find everything else that I'm doing on the internet. Um, TikTok, I mean... I've been pushing TikTok for a while and I've been using it and I've kind of made even whole podcasts about it. That's where I am creating like a ridiculous amount of content. Like I've shifted my content strategy a little bit to making TikToks um, just because like I felt like I'm 
I, I don't know. I like the platform a lot, and I, I've seen how it kind of can affect like places like the music industry and stuff like that. So that's why I am focusing a little bit more on it than I usually do. Um, but yeah, so TikTok, if you're Heroes for Sale on TikTok, Heroes for Sale on Instagram, Heroes for Sale 5 on uh, Twitch, uh, at A Palmer Media on Twitter, stuff like that. Yeah, so uh, if you have any questions, send me a DM. Uh, I am always open to answer questions, and that is going to be it for the episode today. Uh, thank you for listening. I'll see you in the next one.